You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Locked On Indians, brought to you by rockauto.com. Huge selection, great prices, easy to navigate, rockauto.com. I do want to point out I am now uh, five in a row in terms of predicting, based on the pitching matchup, how things are going to go for the Indians. Now, originally I had this as a split series, but if you listen to Monday's show, I talked about there is no way that Carlos Carrasco is going to be fully, probably in the right mind for this game with everything else going on underneath the surface as they're, you know, waiting to find out if there was any exposure. And this was his worst start of the year. Home run in the third uh, is, you know, the big one off of him. Uh, I don't know if you count it as a big one. It was a, a solo shot. Uh just not the same pitcher we'd seen this year. Four and a third innings, four hits, three earned runs, seven Ks, five walks. And what's interesting is when you look at this game, the Indians lost seven to two. If you missed it, they had the same number of hits, eight per team, same number of errors, zero each. So how did the Cubs get seven? The Indians get two. Well, the Indians had two walks and the Cubs had nine. Cubs were constantly on base. Now you can also argue that they had two home runs to the Indians, zero, and that they had three extra base hits to the Indians, one. But I mean, those walks extended the innings and allowed those opportunities for those home runs to arise, and that's that was the big difference in this one. Uh, at least when I look at Oliver Perez, pitching for the second day in a row, nowhere near as effective, gave up a run. Adam Simber comes out, gives up a run. James Karinchak comes out, gives up a run. Nick Wetgren comes out and gives up a run. The bullpen was pretty terrible over these last two games. It's something I've talked about multiple times on the show that, you know, it's just a matter of time before the bullpen imploded. It's a bullpen that is, you know, kind of patchwork. There's there's a lot of question marks, a lot of pieces in there where I make me leery. And that's what we're seeing right now. And that's what is occurring. Matt uh, Lode over at uh, the Indians site on SI Now had this great stat that over the last two nights the Indians had bullpen pitched nine and two-thirds innings. They gave up 10 runs on 11 hits, seven walks, and nine strikeouts, which is a 978 ERA. Again, extremely small sample size. But, uh, yeah, it, it was not a good two games for the bullpen. The starters only went, I think both only went four and a third innings. And they'll have another off day, which sets them up to go for this Tiger series. I just spent some time on the Tigers Town podcast talking with those guys, talking about the Tigers a bit. But what is kind of interesting, just before we even talk Tigers and do uh, you know, a quick rundown and comparison and all that fun jive, is that you know the Indians had an off day Monday. They have one tomorrow. And they have another one on Monday again. So they don't need... Uh, fifth starter until next weekend so we're probably not going to see Clevenger or Plesak until at least next Saturday so we'll have to see what happens and if I had to place a bet it would be Plesak before Clevenger but uh, you know maybe Plutko is going to force them to uh, change their minds if he has another kind of up and down performance this weekend series you have uh, Saval uh, against Ivanova and you have Bieber versus Turnbull. That's the game to watch this series. Uh, I think Spencer Turnbull might be the most underrated pitcher in baseball. And then Friday's matchup is Friday. I'm saying Sunday's matchup is Pletko versus uh, Michael Fulmer, who's you know 
trying to come back. You might remember when he was really good for the Tigers. Well, he got hurt after that, and like a lot of guys the Tigers have had during this down period, they didn't manage to sell while the uh, the value was there. You know, Matt Boyd had some uh, trade value a year ago. It's in the gutter right now, I think, after. Uh, that's And that's the thing. You can't sit there and hope a guy is going to continue to defy stats that show us. Like, when a guy is playing over their head, don't buy on that performance somehow being some magical change when the secondary stats show that, yeah, they're being lucky right now. And the Tigers last year had a chance to sell on Matt Boyd at a high point. And, man, they, they can't get 20% of what they might have gotten a year ago for him uh, with the second half and the struggles with this year. You know, Fulmer was a guy who could have been a huge trade chip for them. They got n- virtually nothing for trading Nick Castellanos. Uh, honestly, they'd have been better off getting a draft pick than what they got in a trade there uh, if they had held on to him. Uh, not, not the most well-run. I love their drafts, but been some other issues with those Detroit Tigers. Offensively, I guess we never finished that part for the Indians in this game. Uh, Sandy Leone had the first hit since July 30th by an Indians catcher. Indians catchers are horrible. And I don't know, I'm still mad that they gave, they traded for Leone. It was, it, they didn't give up anything really. And then they gave him guaranteed money. He's not good. They couldn't find a pitch framer in the minors. You couldn't find someone who could do what he does. For a team that pinched every single penny, if you've been listening to this podcast, you know from pretty much the day they went out and traded for him and got him, I was like, this is not an upgrade. This is a team that's pinching every penny, worry about every last dollar, and they go out and get a catcher who, you know, best case was going to be league average, and this year he's been anything but in his extended starting time. But hey, got a hit, got a walk. Two times on base today. That's uh, probably, his, you know, no doubt that's his best performance all year. Naquin debuts. Why is Mike Freeman playing in left field? Uh, it's, you know, why? I, why? Why? Freeman should be more or less glued to the bench. It's, it's just such a classic Terry move to go out and put the vet who's not good in that role. He loves his mics, Freeman and Aviles. Um, I saw that uh, Mike Hattery pointed that out on, uh, or maybe it was Will Gage, who's one of the uh, Everybody Hates Cleveland guys. They're great guys, worth the follow for their insights. Um, but yeah, it, 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 Freeman, yeah, let's bat him six. Let's let's have him uh, go out. He's not a starter. There's a reason why when they signed him uh he was didn't have a team and then when they released him in the offseason he didn't have anywhere to go and now he is batting sixth and playing left field when you have options you know figure something out yeah this isn't the time to play luplo you're going up against a uh tough righty but figure something out yeah i don't know i don't know what's up with this team and some of the decisions sometimes Fernmel Reyes continues to stay hot. I mean, he's not turning into one of the better hitters. He had an awesome week this week, three for four for the Indians. Uh, Ramirez had a walk and a hit. His numbers have cooled off significantly. It's almost like those two players switched bodies during the, the, the week. I don't know. We'll have to see what happens there. Uh, but Jose Ramirez is cooled down. Uh, Francisco Lindor is staying cool. And Carlos Santana, I just... <laughs> 
182 average, 430 on base percentage. I don't know what the, I don't know what's going on. This season is a third of the way done. You realize that the season is a third of the way done. Carlos Santana has a line that I just I didn't even think could exist. I don't even know what to make of it. I don't know what to make of a lot of this team, the decisions. I'm just do uh, <laughs> you all kind of agree with me out there? You know, deep breath time when it comes to the Cleveland Indians. But yeah, third of the season's in the books already. Uh, the Indians are currently two games back. They are tied for... You can look at either they're tied for third in the division or they're tied from second to last in the division. Uh, not an ideal start. I mean, I, yeah, talking to the Tigers guys, it's clear that there's not a lot of fear of Cleveland. Uh, the outfield is a, a crud show, and every other team knows that. And the pitching is terrifying when everyone's there but right now the pitching not everyone's there because we had uh we had some selfishness but that's where we are at the cleveland indians remember for the second half of the show we'll do the previews that people have been enjoying so much this time looking at the detroit tigers team that's better than you might think our first sponsor today is rockauto.com talked about a lot of times it's very easy to go to the Rock Auto site to navigate, find the car, drop down menu, get to the parts and pieces you need. And as a company, they're not a bunch of stores everywhere. It's one central location that is getting you the goods you need shipped to you quickly. And by having that one space, they are saving that money and then passing that savings on to you. So when you go to rockauto.com, you're going to write lockdown in the how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. You can write locked on Indians. You can write locked on MLB. Just make sure you write locked on and that's how they know that their advertising money was well spent. They have an amazing selection, reliably low prices, and it's all the car parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Go there and check it out for yourself. It's, uh, you know, I am one of the least car-based people that you will ever meet, but even I had no problems navigating and finding the pieces that I would need for my car. Our other fantastic sponsor is cbdmd.com. Com. They have two great products that we want to highlight. Their CBD Freeze with Menthol is an award-winning product that offers instant cooling relief for muscles and joints and convenient easy-to-use roller or shareable squeeze tube. And the CBD Recovery, which combines CBD with inflammation-fighting compounds to give you the support you need where it matters most and to make it even easier to try this amazing duo of topicals and everything else CBDMD has for you and your pets. They're going to offer our listeners 25% off your next order and use the promo code LOCKEDONMLB at checkout. Once again, cbdmd.com, promo code LOCKEDONMLB, gives you 25% off your purchase of superior CBD products at cbdmd.com. Talked about before, that's one of the biggest discounts anyone has uh, done promotionally on our site. If you use CBD products, go there now. If you're curious about CBD products, now is the time. Save 25% off your order at cbdmd.com, promo code LOCKEDONMLB. Let's talk up these Tigers. Uh, Tigers are sent second in the AL Central right now. That is correct, second in the AL Central. They have some old friends on here. Uh, they have an interesting mix of players. Uh, they have, I love their minor league depth. This is an interesting team over the next few years for me just in general. But let's, I guess without further ado, let's dive right in. 
Nico Goodrem is a above-average defender at shortstop who is playing pretty well this year, playing really well over the last week. Uh, if we just look at performance this year, he has been better than Francisco Lindor this year. That's the truth of it. I'm still going to give the Indians the advantage with Lindor as Lindor is the better player, but with Lindor's struggles, uh, Goodrem, you can at least make the case, has been better this year. Jonathan, it's not, you don't pronounce it what it looks like. Uh, swoop, maybe, is how you're supposed to pronounce it. I, he's been with the Orioles, he was with the Twins. Um, Hernandez is better, and he has been better this year. He gives you more defense, he gives you more at the bat. Moving on, first base, Miguel Miggy Cabrera versus Carlos Santana. Santana is the much better defender and slightly better with the bat this year. I mean, Mickey's just getting up there. He's 37 years of age. I, I, was that as surprising for you as it was for me that he's 37 already? It makes me sad because I remember being in college. You know, I, I went to Ohio State. I worked at. Uh, I lived in Taylor Tower and I worked there. And I remember I was, you know, someone had to be in charge of the workout room. I remember sitting there reading the ESPN, the magazine, about Miggy Cabrera and how he was going to be the next big thing, and he was this 21-year-old wonder kid with the Marlins. And then I go, well, that was probably about 2004. That was 16 years ago. 16 plus 21, yes, he is 37. Uh, that's that's kind of my sad moment. Career numbers on him, I, had, I was curious. He's at 481 home runs, so we'll get to 500 sooner rather than later. Problem is, in 2018, 2019, 2020, those three seasons, you put the home runs together, add them all up, and you're at 19 home runs. That's right. He hasn't even had 20 bombs over the last three years, and that's what really slowed up the, the pace on those Hall of Fame numbers. He likely gets there, and at peak, I mean, he was about as scary as it gets to face, but he's going to be a lot closer to the borderline for a Hall of Famer than I think people expected, but uh, advantage Indians. So the Indians have three advantages. Christian Stewart, not been great. I mean, I loved him coming out of Tennessee. Um, it makes me wonder about the Tennessee program. I love Nick Senzel. Neither of those guys, they both played well in the minors, but we have not seen a translation yet. Stewart's tried some different things, some different approaches. He had a solid season a year ago. Just has not put together this year. But I refuse to give the Indians any heads up over anyone in terms of the outfield, even if it's Stewart who has really struggled. So we're gonna just say a push in left field. It's it is it's been that week for him in terms of performance. He's hitting let me pull it up, two oh six, two eighty nine on base, three fifty three slugging. Yeah, it a year ago thirty two home runs, right? Yeah. No. I thought he had more than ten home runs last year. The thirty two was something else. Uh you know, he, he didn't you know, some struggles in 2019 as well. We'll see what happens with Christian Stewart, but or not Christian, Kristen Stewart. I got his name wrong the whole time there, so I'm going to apologize. And I know that. I know better than that. Uh, Jim Candelario, who they got from the Cubs in a trade for pitching, was that I believe one of their relievers was the, the piece they traded. And Candelario was kind of the upper name prospect for the Cubs who for whatever reason they weren't giving an opportunity he's been okay this year ever improving as a oh I messed this whole thing up he's their first baseman so the Indians definitely have the advantage of first base DH uh, Miguel Cabrera versus Fran Mil Reyes 
In terms of overall production this year, I believe the Tigers might actually have the advantage then when we go back and I try to fix my error. Uh, recording at almost midnight my time, so I'll use that as my excuse. But I just quickly want to pull up and look what Fran Mill's overall performance is before I, I make that, just because he has played so much better of late. Uh, here's the thing. They're pretty close, and Fran Mill's continuing to play well, so I'm going to I'm gonna right now call that one a push. So when we look at the overall, let me get to the right place on here. We have uh, Indians with shortstop, Indians with second base. Uh, DH is a push, left field is a push, first base is advantage Indians. Right field, Victor Reyes has been okay. He's been solid for the Tigers. The Indians would kill for okay right now. Advantage Tigers. Uh, Jacoby Jones has been unreal. I don't think it's going to be something that they can uh, he can keep up, but if you haven't had a chance, I mean, he is the one who's driving that offense. He has been their, their top producer. Uh, gosh, he came over. I can't remember which trade they got him in, but here's a guy who hit 235 last year. He's hitting 311 right now. Uh, had let me make sure I get this right. Had 11 home runs last year in 88 games. Has five so far this year. Uh, definitely one of those guys I want to go pull up his bat pip because when you see a jump of that much, yeah, 360 bat pip. So he is. Uh, now for his career, he's had a 295, and that's with that 360 counted in. That would just bring it up a little. So he's in for a pretty massive spike down, but uh, he has been fantastic and is certainly better than anything the Indians have trotted out uh, in that outfield spot. Catcher Austin Romine will clearly be the Indians catching situation, which has been a disaster show. So that at that point, right now it's all tied up in terms of valuation. And their current third baseman, Willie Castro. That is, yes, that is the same Willie Castro that was the top prospect in the Indian system who uh, they traded for um, Leonis uh, Blanken uh, on Leonis Martin. Didn't work out for the Indians. Castro's been up and down. Uh, Jose Ramirez has had his struggles, but it's, it's a clear win for the Indians. So the Indians leave this lineup section up one. Again, it could be a comparison of just the overall talent. Uh, it, you could make some cases either way or the other. Now, Detroit is is interesting, um, just looking at this team, because Grayson Grenier is, like, the biggest catcher on the planet. I believe he's, like, a 6'6 catcher. I remember him, I think, at South Carolina. Always intrigued by him since. He's their backup. Uh, he has major league experience. And then... When they made the Verlander trade, I've been a big Jake Rogers fan for a while, and they still have him as a catcher, and they got Eric Haas from the Indians in the offseason. So they're, they're kind of this interesting mix of catching depth. Um, I won't get into the prospect talk because I could spend days. You know, I, I really enjoyed their draft class. They have so many of their, you know, I was, I drove the Casey Mice bus. Uh, Tarek Skubal, I was a, a big fan of back in his, his days in Seattle. I wrote about him repeatedly as a junior draftee and then a senior draftee. Uh, Alex Fayedo was a player that I had number one on my board and kept in the top ten in that draft class. He's been a little bit disappointing, but I still believe in his ability. Uh, Matt Manning is just unreal. But they have all that pitching, and I want to bring that up because 
just talking about this pitching preview, we talked about Matt Boyd and how he's not been all that great. But Matt Boyd isn't the pitcher to know. And yes, they went out and signed a bunch of free agents like Ivan Nova and Schwoop and CJ Crawl, who's currently hurt. But Spencer Turnbull is the pitcher to know. Uh, to me, the most underrated pitcher in baseball. Had some up and down, ups and downs a year ago. Uh, I remember him back as his junior year at Alabama, where I just he's one of those guys that stood out because I was digging into the stats and I'm like, I like him a lot and I wanted to give him a borderline first round grade. But his first two years, he wasn't very good and it took him a while. You know, he's nearly 28, but in 2019, he was the better pitcher. And, you know, I talked about that a little bit on the show yesterday. So Turnbull uh, is just. It's only been three three starts, so we'll see how it continues, if he continues to keep it at this higher notch. But he's at worst case a back-end starter for the Tigers. Ivan Nova, oof, feels like he's been around forever. Am I wrong in that assessment? Uh, going back to his Yankees days. But uh, he's, he's a fifth. Matt Boyd is... You're hoping for more if you're a, a Tigers fan. Fulmer, you're hoping for a rebound. Ty Alexander, I thought, was a reach as a second-round pick in 2015, but I was wrong with that. I mean, they've gotten enough value to more than justify that pick at this point in time. Bullpen is an interesting mix. Uh, Joe Jimenez is uh, is a solid closer. He's talking with those Tigers guys. They are big fans of Gregory Soto, and when you look at his performance this year, it's easy to see why. Interesting guy, uh, performing super well. Brian Garcia is another young guy who has done well in that pen. Jose Cincinero is pitched pretty well. I'm sorry, Garcia has not pitched well in the pen this year, but I've been intrigued with him uh, for a while. Maybe that's a better way to put it. I still think Carson Fulmer is fixable in the right situation. I talked about how I'd have loved to have seen him end up with the Indians. And you look at other guys in this pen. Kyle Funkhauser is a point where he was talked about as a first-round pick, a potential top-ten pick. Uh, it hasn't necessarily worked out, but he's there. Bo Burrows was a first-round pick by the Tigers the same year they drafted Christian Stewart. Daniel Norris was a uh, high money, like a 2 or $3 million signing bonus in the second round, but I believe that 2011 draft, and was a central trade piece when they traded uh, David Price to Toronto from the Tigers. Uh, so some interesting name value in there. Now, this is a team that is hurt by the fact that, you know, Mabrin and Kron were expected to put in some significant time, and they're both uh, currently injured. But in spite of that, they're still, again, second in the central. Advantage starting pitching to the Indians, advantage bullpen to the Tigers. That means our overall advantage is won by the Tigers over the Indians in this little quick situation. It's a, it's a almost a coin flip. So that really just makes it about the pitching of the day. Indians should win Friday because Ivan Nova isn't great. They do have, have a history of success. They also have a history of no, not so much success. They either seem to kill Nova or he just baffles them. So we'll see what happens. But Saval versus Nova should be advantage Indians. As much as I have enjoyed Spencer Turnbull this year and as well as he's performing, it's hard to give anyone an advantage when they're facing Shane Bieber. So that game should, in addition, be advantage Indians. Sunday, Fulmer versus Plutko. Plutko is what he is. Uh, it's not ideal that he's in there, so especially because the Tigers are playing well this year. Fulmer, and Fulmer has been not great. But in a game like this, 
at some point, I'm going to lead towards the Tigers in the game. Uh, Pletko is just someone I don't necessarily trust. And I think the Tigers' offense is slightly better than the Indians' offense. So I'm going to give Sunday's game advantage, Tigers. If you can watch one game in this series, watch Saturday's. The Indians should take two out of three. Last year, they dominated the Tigers. That was really their big saving grace on the entire season that allowed them to stay in contention probably longer than they deserved to be. I don't know if they're going to have that luck this year. This Tigers team is much improved. They have a lot of players who are shown growth and improvement, and they added some pieces to supplement that, which is nice when you can do that. The Indians would have uh, looked a lot better if they could have added some nice supplementary pieces to help a roster out. But uh, that's where we are heading into this series. Tomorrow's podcast is... uh, going to be an interesting one with no game to talk about might dive into some history we'll talk about some news go around uh spend some time talking about clint frazier tomorrow and the like uh probably should just cut half cut out half this podcast and save that for tomorrow as we ran very long but uh, i'll just leave that in there for the fantastic fans who download listen and enjoy and would like uh, a little more podcast in their day i've been jeff ellis you can find me on twitter at jeff mlb draft And as always, go Tribe.